I guess the one thing I want to say before we we dive in, we'll have to do a quick little recap of the notes from last time. Um, and that's just to say, look, if you're joining right now and you are playing uh, video games, go ahead and put a one in the chat. You know, I understand you don't you don't want to sit there and type a lot if you're playing video games right now. Put a two in chat if you're at work, and if uh, if you if it's neither, but you're going to be AFK, do at some point say hello. That's how you say no to alert culture is by uh, at least introducing yourself and saying, hey, thanks for doing this. We're listening in. Um, that's nice of you to do that. We really appreciate it. And then as far as anybody who's trying to make this into an educational experience, um, take notes, write down quotes, paraphrase things in your own words, uh, even replay parts of the stream and then just speed it up to catch up again. And, if you, and then uh, as people come into the chat later on, we will be reminding them Start over at the beginning, play it from the beginning, speed it up and catch up because uh, we are doing this on YouTube. And so taking notes, uh, paraphrasing quotes, replaying parts, also coming back to this in the future. These are all just parts of it. And uh, some of those notes that you end up taking, some of those paraphrases you end up making, some of those quotes that you end up doing should be shared into the actual comments of this video in the future if you're serious. So please do that. We appreciate it. The theory... I love what you're doing. Like, that was so cool. You did uh, timestamps over on Todd's video. That was great. So we left off. I was kind of, I was talking about these two key points in Zizek's theory of ideology, which is ideology ends up creating reality minus the traumatic real that secretly and virtually structures society. We were also talking about how, like this, our, our our everyday spontaneous reality is itself ideological, which means it goes ideology goes much further down than Marx understood. It's not a a simple mistake in misconception or misrepresentation of reality. Ideology is reality itself, and it takes a sort of special form of critique, a special form of of thinking to even be able to see that reality itself is ideology so and then that's the whole point of the they lives example john carpenter's great film with the, the glasses like the point is like you have to have some supplemental aid to be able to perceive reality as ideological it's not a, a reality is not like a spontaneous accurate relationship to states of affairs as they are basic default setting it's not a it's not a strategy in misrepresentation where we, we end up making a mistake in how we think about things it is our fundamental orientation towards the world in a kind of default mode and so we're thoroughly invested in ideology precisely because it's our default relationship to the world instead of some augmentation or divergence from an accurate relationship to the world so ideology is the default and so that's why it's so hard to free ourselves from it and Zizek makes this point in Herbert's guide to ideology in his discussion of they live and they live contains a very long fight scene and it's almost, it's excessive. You're like, how long is this fight scene going to last? 
probably one of the longest fight scenes in a film. All right. To step out of ideology, it hurts. It's a painful experience. You must force yourself to do it. This is rendered in a wonderful way with a further scene in the film where John Nada tries to force his best friend, John Armitage, to also put the glasses on. I don't want to fight you. Come on. I don't want to fight you. Stop it. No. And it's the weirdest scene in the film. The fight takes eight, nine minutes. Put on the glasses. It may appear irrational, because why does this guy reject so violently to put the glasses on? So you go, well, why is, it, why is the scene so long? And Zizek's point is that the length of the scene, the excess of the scene, is stating this is how hard it is to free ourselves from ideology and to actually see things truthfully. So that's what he likes about the, the long duration of the scene. So, okay, I'm going to quickly pivot into another point. And if I had gotten to this point in the last lecture, it would have felt more natural because it, okay. it seems like, well, why, why are we pivoting to this? But think of ideology. And in my opinion, they're much more similar than they are different. But I think it just helps to understand how the two of them would differentiate themselves on the topic of ideology. So the key here is to understand what both of them have in mind when they refer to universality. Well, for Slavoj, the universal or the universal position has to do with the structural antagonism in a society, which we talked about last time. So for, for and, Zizek, and, and, and we were talking about how there are real structural antagonisms and the point of ideology is to over code or sort of give a different sort of interpretation for what's going on with those antagonisms in a way that either makes those antagonisms go away or puts it onto some scapegoat. You use the example of Jewish people. I use the example yeah. of Russia or something like that. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So here's the point. This opportunity to reword it in a way that hopefully will help. So when you think of the universal position, universality or when you think of the structural antagonism or the social symptom this is the position of the real this is oh yeah and so ideology doesn't want us to find this main nerve of society precisely because the main nerve of society involves a certain antagonism structural antagonism conflict something that makes the society possible but also makes it impossible which the thing that makes it capable of functioning is also the thing that can destroy it or undermine it Zizek's example is the proletariat for capitalist society to function you got to have the you got to have wage labor but at the same time it's the wage laborer proletariat that can undermine the very society it makes possible so that's why he also likens the proletariat to the symptom of capitalist society because it, it functions like how an individual symptom does in the clinic so um insofar as the individual symptom if somebody goes into analysis and they're dealing with the symptom they act like the symptom is some foreign intruder some foreign thing 
when in reality that symptom is like a uh, coded message of their their subjectivity of their desire and so it's actually the hard kernel of them yet it's perceived as this externality and so the point is um it's a condition of possibility and impossibility and so that's what Zizek's doing. He's taking the concept of the symptom as developed by Lacan, and he's applying it to society as a whole and saying society itself has its own symptoms. And so, yeah, so for Zizek in the position of universality, and okay, so I should say something here. Zizek is inspired by Hegel's concept of universality. It's not the concept of universality philosophy, uh, philosophers, typically have in mind it's a somewhat strange concept of universality but both Slavoj and Todd have this Hegelian concept of universality in mind whenever they're talking about can, it for the can, most part can can I say a couple of things really quick because I just sure. know that a lot of people are like so what why why what what's the point of all of this universality talk there's a couple of things about universality first of all some would say you're not even doing philosophy for not thinking in the universal. And then second of all, critical theory has preoccupied itself with critiquing the universal or people's attempts to take up the position of a subject able to think in the universal. Uh, and the kind of go-to identity politics example is just that, you know, at the moment that you think that you've stepped outside of your particularity and that you are thinking in the universal say it's logic or something like, and you're being very logical about the issue. Um, you probably actually bring a lot of your particularity into the analysis. And, and so, and it says, and it's particularly easy for people who are representative of the majority um, or, or not very marginalized by the society to, to think that they are doing a universal sort of project or analysis, but it's actually excluding people and that's the general line of critique against the universal. And that's something that Todd McGowan in his book on identity politics is he's going to argue for a different kind of universality. Um, but you're saying that there's a that, that universality has a function or it has an important role to play in ideology and the theories of subjectivity and ideology in all three of these thinkers for right. McGowan. And uh, here's, here's what we've got. Well, Hegel and Slavoj and Todd. Okay. okay, and so here's what we've got. So if the symbolic order or the social order is, let's just call it society, right? It's easy to say, well, the universal is society. It's the it's the big other or it's the general way of things, right? What Hegel did is say, no, the universal, when we're talking in societal terms, the universal is actually that which is in excluded from society it's not the general general truce of that society it's the space of exclusion what that society either excludes the type of person it excludes or it could simply be something that it is impossible for this society to do a struct like a structural deadlock is a conflict it's something it can't fix right so whether we're talking about a structural antagonism or as Todd would Todd does a universal lack the position of universality is 
very much the, a position in the real because it is precisely what is excluded from the symbolic order. Um, and so this is, this is the kind this is basically the difference between Zizek and McGowan. So here's the point. Uh, they're not far apart since both would say that university uh, universality is not mastery, i.e. the overarching power structure of society. A lot of leftists tend to think the universal in that way, like you were talking about, like the universal is the overarching structure uh, of power and domination in society. But for a Hegelian, it's precisely what ex escapes or is excluded from that overarching structure. And so for Slavoj, the universal is identified with the structural, fundamental antagonism of society. Whereas for Todd, the universal is a lack, the missing or absent signifier. And so what Todd means is that not just a structural conflict built within the social order. It's something that all of us lack, right? Now, you would immediately, it, it should catch your attention because you're sitting there going, well, what we universally all lack, and so oh, you cut that would be an second. example. So you're saying time energy. Out. Yeah, you're saying time energy would be a good example of that, right? Right, right, because is that not something we all collectively lack that's excluded from Absolutely. the social order as a whole. And I would just add, because Anne said in the chat, the universal is what's excluded from the symbolic order. I'm not sure if that makes sense to me. Ha ha. And, and you haven't caught up on the last stream and we're not going to beat this dead horse, but I will just say that what he's referencing is the triadic uh, registers in the Lacanian uh, theory where you've got the real, you've got the symbolic, and you've got the imaginary. The imaginary is basically just the way that things appear. The symbolic is basically just the way that uh, things are get ordered, you know, roughly speaking. And then uh, the real is whatever's left out by those other two categories. And that also means that the real in the spectacle or, you know, made apparent, made visible. Um, so artists and philosophers are always trying to broach the real in new ways, broach the real in new ways. Um, because if there are structural deadlocks in the real that allow society to keep operating the way that it does, and for instance, the fact that nobody has time energy, but that's what everybody ultimately needs to be able to do any of the things that people actually say that they value, then uh, figuring out a way to talk about that and to address that uh, is the precondition to any kind of a emancipatory project or mass reorchestrating of society. Good stuff. And so, I mean, you can think about it. You can think of time energy as in the real, because as of right now, it's impossible. Yes, there are exceptions. Don't let that, like if you can point to one person who has their time energy in society, it doesn't change the fact that it's still a universal impossibility or a universal lack. Um, like one exception doesn't, oh, see, it's not absolutely universal, universally back. That's not how they're talking here. Um, it's also and, even, it's not even what I mean by the concept. So you got to go read my book now if you think that. So, yeah. I also want to say hi to Brian Weeks. I just saw he's in the chat. Brian. What's up? So, and, and this will help too. When philosophers talk about 
the universal, they also often have in mind universals, like platonic forms, right? Which are pure essences or pure ideas. And again, that is not what Hegel has in mind when talking about universality. Um, so we have to realize when we're talking about universality, we're using it in this very technical Hegelian sense, but obviously Zizek and McGowan as Hegelians, that's what they primarily have in mind when they're using it. So then, um, so for Todd, like what every, what unite, unites everybody is a shared lack, something that is impossible for the existing social order to provide them. Whereas for Slavoj, it's being on the right side of a social antagonism slash symptom. So it, it, occupying the position of the universal for Slavoj would be taking the side of the proletariat. And we'll get to that in a second. So um, this, however, seems to force Slavoj to hold, Slavoj to hold that there will always be an antagonism as long as there is a society. Todd obviously thinks that there will always be laps and contradictions within society, but not necessarily structural antagonism of the class struggle variety. So that's one of the differences is that I think when Todd says the universal is lack, it has a, a broader application than Slavoj saying the universal is a structural antagonism. We can say that there's more structural lack than there are, or more structural lacks than there are structural antagonisms. But again, here's the thing. Both of them are talking about things that are in the real. So either way, um, whether we're talking about the universal is antagonism or the universal is black, we're still talking about the universal is in the real. Okay. So there's a similarity there. In an attempt to bring in new people to the world of philosophy and theory while building on relationships already established, we are doing a countrywide tour of the United States this fall. What's up, guys? It's Anna Dave. Are we coming to a city or a town near you? Do you think there is a venue or audience in your local region that would be interested in a lecture or facilitated discussion about existentialism, critiques of therapism, PMC ideology, self-help, introduction to philosophy, or the time-energy critique of any of those things. This speaking and discussion facilitation tour will include the Pacific Northwest in mid-August, the Kansas City, Missouri area late August or early September, Philadelphia at the beginning of October, and really we're gonna be all over the area there, hopefully, so get in contact with us if you think that we should come visit your state phoenix arizona mid-october in socal especially san diego late october i say especially san diego because we already have our guide for the san diego region what's the difference between a host a guide and a volunteer you ask well thanks for asking actually the volunteer role is for people who want to put up posters or in other ways promote the events that will be occurring in their town or city whereas the host might have a guest bedroom guest house or a place that we can park our van so we can sleep in our van we need to know if you would have like bathroom facilities or anything like that and so the form on the website is where you can tell us what you have to offer 
Guiding, on the other hand, though, people who love to guide take a lot of pride in their local knowledge. A good example of that would be Michael Downs when I visited him in Raytown, Missouri, and he took me into Kansas City and we had barbecue and he took me to the mall and to all these other landmark places from his life growing up there. Um, but a more recent example would be my friend Michael in Poland, who took us around Katowice, Poland, and basically gives a historical and sociological analysis of everything. And it was amazing. It was, it was one of the coolest things we've ever experienced. And it made us realize some people just want to provide the space and privacy, whereas other people want to take you out and show you around. And so if you're interested in being a volunteer, host, or guide, we have a special form for that. So please fill out your information and uh, get in contact with us as soon as possible so we can fit you into the schedule because we'll love to meet you, touch base with the local community. And if you don't think anyone else in your area is interested in the things that you're interested in, if you don't think anyone else is into this stuff, well, we might be able to surprise you. When I saw that poster, Bolgrillard, in Boise fucking Idaho, are you kidding me? It was virtually an, an answer to an unspoken prayer, you know, really was. And I just couldn't believe that somebody was interested in the things that I was interested in, that I had been interested in for years and had kind of given up on in, in futility. I'd labored in solitude for so long, I had no one to talk to about it, no one to bounce ideas off. This tour is going to bring together a lot of people who want to be based in text with the people they're in conversation with. And yeah, I think it's going to be a fantastic year. The only other thing that I want to say is that Michael Downs' first book is going to be published by Theory Underground really soon here. I've got another book coming out really soon here. These books will be spread throughout the United States on this tour. So I'm hoping to be able to do some actual book launch events at various bookstores. Outside of that, I guess the last thing that I would say is that Michael Downs is gearing up to teach For They Know Not What They Do by Slavoj Žižek. We're putting out all these introduction videos and other interviews related to the topic of Hegel, Lacan, Žižek because we want to give people an accessible and sturdy basis in the discourse. The problem is, is that Michael Downs is very busy having to work at a wage slave job. And so if you want to help in freeing Mikey, make sure to go to his Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the dangerous baby and make a donation. Thank you. I would be remiss to close this out without a quick shout out to our patrons and our anonymous donors. Thank you so much for the donations already. We've only been around for a month. We already got over $3,000 in donations. Um, and so thank you. And uh, stay tuned for the app, which is on its way. There will be a Fury Underground app. So the current setup is that it is a social media site built around courses where you can suppose that people who are involved in the discussions have a shared interest in the same or similar texts and where you can assume in a lot of the discussions that, yeah, people have read the stuff that you're reading, uh, that you're bringing into dialogue. And so, uh, for instance, the idea of the university by Carl Jaspers, dedicated forum. Slavoj Zizek's For They Don't Know What They Do, dedicated forum. And then as people take the course over the years, 
new people will be coming into that forum. And so if you get in there early, you'll be able to see how the conversation evolves. And as new people add into the conversation, it'll bring back memories and like things that you want to work through, questions that you had with the first time that you read the text. And so I'm really excited for this. The reason I've built this website is because I think that this is what's lacking in so many other spaces is that ability to return, to be able to communicate after the fact and in a sustained way on a platform that's not attention grabby and annoying like Discord. And so stay tuned because there is an app on the way. Thank you to our donors. If you want to donate, go to theory-underground.com forward slash support. Thank you.